I am Jackie Miller, high conflict divorce coach and consultant and host of this podcast, Out of Crazy Town, your guide to divorcing a narcissist. I am thrilled to have today's guest, Dr. Sherry Martin on the show. Sherry is a licensed clinical psychologist in the Los Angeles area who treats victims of narcissistic abuse. Sherry has a unique background, having spent 16 years in family law and mediation, giving her a deep understanding of the challenges faced when divorcing a high-conflict personality. Sherry discusses the aspects of being in a relationship with a narcissist and the damaging effects and the way that she helps her patients heal from this abuse. Hello, Sherry Martin. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, and I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you very much. Hi, Jackie. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Good to see you too. I'm so happy to have you on Out of Crazy Town, Your Guide to Divorcing a Narcissist, because Mm -hmm. you are a clinical psychologist, but you have a unique background. And so I want to introduce folks to you and give them a little bit of info first before we dive in. Um, You received your doctorate degree in clinical psychology from Pacifica Graduate Institute in Carpinteria, California. So not only are you a PhD, you're a clinical psychologist, and you practice in sort of the Santa Monica and the Valley area for us mm-hmm. Californians, if you know what that is. Um, but you've worked for over five years at two LA County Department of Mental Health contract locations, and you provided psychotherapy to a diverse group of clients with a large range of mental health conditions. Um, but this is the really interesting part. I love folks to know about you to, because prior to becoming a clinical psychologist, you worked for 16 years in family law and mediation, assisting individuals and couples through all aspects of the divorce process. So you are a dream come true for someone like me or the listeners on my podcast, because you have this extensive background in divorce and now you're treating folks that have some of that trauma. Am I right on that? Yes. Thank you for that. Yes, it's, it's absolutely accurate. And it's so helpful having been on the other side of divorce, you know, in the trenches with the attorneys and helping clients through cases. And that's actually part partly what led me to want to become a psychologist because I realized that that was the part of my job that I loved the most was supporting people when they were going through this horrendous process. You know, the, the, the paperwork and the legal aspect of it is so, so technical and dry, you know, and yet they're experiencing this incredible emotional upheaval and, and just their whole life is being turned upside down during a divorce. And if it's high conflict, it's just so difficult. And so uh, having having support, I, you know, I saw with my own eyes that that role is absolutely crucial. And I wanted to help in a different way. Absolutely. So I, I just, again, I just am so excited to have you on the show because you have these Thank two you. perspectives and it, it is so hard because it's kind of hard and we'll get into this later, but to find really a therapist that truly sometimes understands a narcissistic abuse, but then to also yes. have that perspective, like I said, and what you're going through with just the actual nuts and bolts of the, the legal system and yes. the, the logistics of the divorce and whatnot is, is brilliant. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for being here today. So let's launch in, if you don't mind, to talking sure about narcissism specifically, because you and I had this conversation a little bit overused in society nowadays, and you're, you're the expert now from a health, you know, mental health perspective. Mm. What is your take on 
the word narcissism. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because I I think just generally people can overuse it and kind of associate it just with being selfish or self-absorbed or or overly, um, uh, you know, uh, focused on success, something like that. And those are all aspects of narcissism, but it's a lot deeper and more pervasive and there are more features to it than that. So that's one thing I would say that, and and that's okay because people are just saying, oh, you know, he's a narcissist. There's a difference between being a narcissist or or is this difference between having narcissistic traits and actually meeting clinical criteria for a narcissistic personality disorder. And what we're finding is that there's so many of these narcissistic traits that seem to be present in a lot, a lot of high conflict divorces Mm -hmm. and also some, you know, interpersonal relationships that are somewhat abusive. And uh, it's very interesting how often you see these patterns. You know, we can't diagnose anyone without actually seeing them in person, seeing if they meet criteria you know, with us actually uh, speaking with them and observing sure. it ourselves, right? Otherwise, yeah. you're just getting anecdotal information. You're just getting, you know, secondhand information from other people. However, what has been so clear to me and my practice and my colleagues is these patterns that seem to um, be very, very common in high conflict divorces and in uh, divorce in general. Um, so, so, and and that's where we've come uh, to this, uh, uh, sort of, uh, category of narcissistic abuse. And so this is, um, what we're seeing a lot. And so it is, it is helpful to have a name to call it. And, and, you know, and because, you know, if you've been through it or you're a professional in this arena, Yes, we yes. we know what that means. We know it's code for you know these are all the things we you've had a you know long journey of things that have happened to you that have been abusive um, you know during this relationship, and so that's okay. It's okay, right, to have that label. But you're absolutely, absolutely you're right though because even in the divorce process, and I caution my clients against this. It's okay to say it to me. Obviously, it's okay probably to say it with your mental health professional. Oh yes. Keep that though under wraps to yourself because, and just focus on the patterns of behavior, like you said, because exactly at the end of the day, that's what's valuable information in the court system. And then that's probably what's valuable information is you're just treating. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and definitely, you know, when I work with clients, I very much suspect that, that this person on the other side that is a narcissist or, you know, meets criteria, but, uh, but I, I can't know that for a fact. Yeah. And, and sometimes they can have other issues, other cluster B personality disorders. Sometimes they could be antisocial. They could be borderline, have borderline personality disorder and also have these narcissistic overlays or, or, and, and also those diagnostic criteria overlap. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I have a question because I've had clients say to me, yes, my therapist didn't call him or her a nurse, but they handed me this piece of paper and said, look at this. And it had all these checklists. And I said, yes, my ex or, you know, or all these, and then they just nod. So I'm assuming what they're saying is <laughs> we suspect your partner it falls in this category, yeah. but we're not going to diagnose them because they're not sitting here today. Exactly. Have- <laughs> the the okay. board of psychology would have issue with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you know, rendering a clinical diagnosis. But but we can say for certain that they they have these patterns. You know, it's it's um, a pervasive pattern of grandiosity. You know, very boastful and pretentious. That's one of the criteria for narcissism. They believe they're so special that only special people can understand them. They can only you know uh, interact with the, the the best of the best. That type of thing. Um, always needing excessive admiration. The the worst part is though that they're so manipulative and they lack empathy. And that is and so entitled. They, everyone should just agree with them, go along with them. The, and those are the pieces that that uh, are just so damaging in a relationship, especially the lack of empathy and the this manipulative controlling piece. And do you yeah. ever have clients that just a light bulb goes on and they didn't no one's ever told them that there are a group of people out there that, that have gone through this and it is a thing. And what is, what do you see yes. as a clinician when people are realizing that they're not alone and that you understand what's going on? Yes. And that is really the first stage and the most important part to a journey of, of healing from this is recognition, mm. recognizing that this is a thing. This is a, a pattern that this person has and it doesn't have anything to do with the other party uh, they are going to be this way no matter who they're with the, the, there's such a feeling often that the other person somehow caused it somehow is at fault so narcissists are very good at playing the blame game and making the other party in the relationship feel like they're responsible for for everything they're you know an awful person etc so it's so freeing when when they find out when they realize through clinical help through these checklists through the resources that you can find online this is a thing. This this is how this person is, regardless of how I am. They would then a, a someone with these narcissistic traits. They would be that way with anyone. Yeah. It, it does. It doesn't matter. It's because it's about who they are. It doesn't matter who's on the other side. It's, right. It, it, it's just how they are. Thank you so much for saying that because I feel like that is also a double edged sword. On one side, it's a relief, like okay, <laughs> it's you, not me. <laughs> no, yes. But, yes. But but no. But but at the same time, you're like I was in a relationship or a marriage with this person for so long, and it didn't matter who I was. And right, right. And it's yeah, and that comes up a lot. Like, you know, did this person ever love me? And and, and that and that can get a little tricky because again, from I don't know how how uh, deep this person on the other side that is into their narcissistic patterns if they're you know uh, you know if they meet full criteria of it. Uh, sure. But in general, with someone like this, you can say the person loved things about you. They loved the way you treated them. They loved your kindness. They loved your you know they loved all of these things that they got from you. Yeah. But, you know, did they, did they really love you? Well, that goes to the question, are they capable yeah. of, of real love? And, and someone who is extremely narcissistic, uh, that not so much because yeah. they're all about themselves. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a big question mark, right? If they're actually mm -hmm. capable of it mm -hmm. and going back to terminology and part of the sort of the epiphany of, oh my gosh, this is what's been going on in my relationship for so mm -hmm. long. There are a lot of terms that you'll learn once you start to really dive in and educate yourself. 
yes. on this whole situation. And so when are the, what are some of the most common terms around oh. narcissistic abuse? Yes. So there are many terms to describe the tactics that these, uh, that narcissistic personalities use. And I've got to do a shout out to Dr. Romani because she really has been groundbreaking in cataloging and, and, and putting names to these tactics. And it's so helpful for clients. It's so helpful for people. I always encourage my clients, Google Dr. Romani and look at her videos on YouTube and, and educate yourself. And, and it helps in, in uh, my work too, because, you know, they've already, yeah, I, I get, sometimes I get texts from clients late at night saying, Dr. Sherry, thank you so much for sending me that video. It changed my life, you know, because they realize that this is a thing yeah. that these people do and they're not alone. And it's a tactic. So, some of them, probably the most common and the most well-known is gaslighting. Um, and, and that is a, a, a tactic where they basically deny your reality. They, they say, uh, for example, if you say, oh, I, you know, I can't believe you said that to me, whatever it might be. I never said that. What are you talking about? You're crazy. The, the whole idea is to make you feel like you're not in control. You're not, you're not aware of your own reality. They're, they're the ones that know what's real and what's not. And they're constantly making you feel off balance, walking on eggshells. Right. You can't trust yourself. I also like to say it's lying taking to a level that, like you said, is to, to attempt you to question your, your own sanity. Yes. Because yes, yes that's a lie that no, I didn't say that, but it's not about that. It's, it's, they will stick to their guns. They will claim you did do something. You didn't do something. And it's just, it's lying on a level again, that messes with your head. <laughs> exactly. It messes with your head. It absolutely does. And, and as someone who's a very extreme narcissist, they, they believe their own press. I mean, they actually, it's almost like they're in a delusional place where they believe what they're saying when, and you know, it's not true. So it's very, very damaging. Um, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, question. a good point that you said that they believe it because that feeds into why there's can be so charming or believable mm -hmm. because if somebody's telling you something they truly believe, even though it's a lie, even though it's not true, but they it's not true. They're going to be able to sell it a lot easier. Right. Right? Exactly. 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 And you can beat yourself over the head trying to, you know, trying to convince them, no, this isn't true. And they're, they're not going to have it. They're not having yeah. it. Yeah. So what are some, uh, you know, as a clinician, what are some of the effects that you are seeing on oh, victims so, from this kind of abuse? So many. Yeah. Uh, one of the worst, I think, is just this loss of, of, of self-esteem and self-confidence and, and this loss of, of your sense of personal autonomy and, and personal power. Um, and when, and when you're in these relationships where, um, someone is constantly making you doubt yourself, you also sort of, and you're also kind of expected to show fealty to them, you know, always going along with them, always, you know, pleasing them. And clients just feel like, you know, I don't know what happened. I'm not the person that I used to be. Um, and the, uh, that's some of the damage. And then also there can be financial abuse, because they, especially in a divorce, uh, they'll try to control the other person 
through finances. And also, I think it can leave people, I see this a lot, you know, it's sort of a, a distorted sense of, of what love is, what is a healthy relationship. Absolutely. Um, not really being clear on that after going through this type of a, of a funhouse mirror type of a relationship where you, oh you're not gosh. really seeing anything clear. Funhouse mirror. I'm going to steal that. That's brilliant. It's yes. that very much describes it. Everything's distorted as you're Everything walking through. Everything is distorted. Exactly. So there's a psychology called mirroring. And, and this is, and this is when our, our close attachment figures, our parents, caretakers, or whatever, they reflect back to us accurately what we're experiencing. Like if you're sad or you're like oh you're sad and, and, it, and it builds connection um and in a narcissistic relationship they it's like a funhouse mirror right you're you know you you might be sad about something and they're like what's wrong with you you're you, you know it's always mocking always uh demeaning that's that sort of thing and and they will distort reality constantly um, so you don't get a clear uh, reflection back about who you are. You get a distorted back at yourself. And that's one of the things that adds to loss themselves. They don't know who they are anymore. I see. So I see. It's, very, it's very damaging. So speaking of the damage, what do you do as a, how do people work with you? What do you do to help unwind this kind of abuse? So the first step is really recognizing exactly what's happening to you, you know, being able to through, through therapy, through being like you mentioned the checklist or talking about all of these different tactics and, and being able to say, wow, yes, this person has been, this person I've been in a relationship with has been doing all these things and, and accepting that and, and, and recognizing it. And that can be a little tricky at first because you know uh, people often start out just really feeling like, hey, I don't know, there's something wrong with me, uh, you know, the problem. And, and so that what they need to understand first and foremost is that this is an abusive pattern that has been perpetrated on them. Um, so it's, so recognize, recognizing that they're not the, cra they're not crazy, you know, it's, it's, uh, they've been, they've been narcissistically abused. Mm -hmm. um, so, so we go through then a, a process of uh, coming to understand that uh, and learning how to set boundaries and kind of take back your power and, and also, you know, really uh, recognizing that you deserve a lot of compassion for yourself, you know, yeah. self-compassion is a big part of this, right. you know, and self-care and, and remembering who, who you were before the relationship. And, and because I, I hear this so often, you know, wow, I don't know what happened to me. I used to be, I used to be so, you know, in charge of my life and feel so good about myself, you know, remembering that and you're still that person, you've just gone through this really hard time where you started questioning and doubting yourself and losing a sense of that, you know. So, um, and then we also want to look at the past the the you know back to childhood and see you what, what happened in your family what happened in your earlier relationships that potentially set you up to be in a relationship with this type of a person and right and, and there's always I'm I always find a thread I always find something and and that really helps also with the person because another big piece to this is self-forgiveness yeah. is, is is because so often you know the the person 
who's been narcissistically abused, they'll blame themselves. And then when they realize, oh, okay, the, you know, this, the, it's really the way this person is uh, the, and doing all these tactics that, that, that caused me to feel this way. But, oh my God, why did I stay so long? Why did I, you know, they start, you know, people start to, to, to really feel bad about that. Right. And so that's, a, that's another process because there's so many reasons that, that people stay. It is very hard to get out that, you know, I usually start by congratulating people for coming to therapy yeah. and, and really acknowledging the courage and, uh, you know, and, and it, it takes to look at this stuff. Um, so, so that's a big part of it. And then really it's about rediscovering yourself. And that's the mm -hmm. exciting part to me, like rediscover, rediscover, you know, getting free. From the, from the, and then right rediscovering who, who, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Who, who do you want to, how do you want to walk through the world? Who, who do you want to be? Uh, how do you want to express? Um, um, you know, what, what do you want to do? Cause there's so much life on the other side of that. There Absolutely. really is. There's so much life on the other side, so much good stuff available. Absolutely. And you, yeah. oh my gosh, you touched on so many things. I'd love to come in on, but one, I, I mean, the forgiveness, yes. Why did I stay and, and understanding there were mechanisms in place? So you would stay. Exactly. Um, the, yes. Exactly. Exactly. They, they're, that is very purposeful. That is a big part of why there's uh, the narcissistic type is so controlling and manipulative. They want to keep you, they want to keep you hooked in and they've got all kinds of tactics. Right. Right. And, yeah. and there's so many things that we do along the way, um, especially say, for instance, in a long-term marriage that you just sort of, it's your husband or your wife exactly. and you, you get married expecting to divorce them. So you give a lot of leeway because you're like, Ex well, maybe this is just marriage. Maybe we have to try harder. Maybe, you know, it, it is okay that I've never seen our tax return, <laughs> you know, right. I mean, seriously, and I'm not laughing at it. It's a oh, real, it's yeah. okay. It's yeah, okay. It it's was okay. Yes. It was done on purpose to keep you in place. Exactly. It was well said. It was done on purpose to keep you in place. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So all of yes. it, the validation and then beginning the Healy process, looking back into your past. Mm -hmm. And then as you said, I think a lot of people are so fearful of going into the future. Like, how do I trust myself that I won't pick this person again? But mm -hmm. so those boundaries, yes. which is an issue that comes up over and over, right? Yes. Boundaries are so, so important. That's an issue that comes up over and over again. Also being mindful of red flags. We talk about that a lot. Looking back on, you know, like what, what, you know, what did he do? Was it, was there anything when you first met this person that didn't sit well with you, but you overlooked there always is, yeah. you, you know, cause in the, in, you know, we want to believe someone we want to, you know, but, it, but it's really important to look back at that. How did they treat other people? For example, you, did you see them be, you know, mean Big or, one. or, or manipulative with others? Uh, that's a big red flag because they're going to be that way with you eventually. They're showing you who they are. And, right. But a lot of people will be like, huh, oh, well, and they'll make excuses, you know? Right, right. And, yeah. So, so looking back at that and then realizing, oh, okay, because I, I think, you know, we are intuitive creatures and there's something inside, little alarm bells go off. And so, it, you know, learning how to honor that, honoring, you know, the feelings that come up in our body, what is that telling us? And, and really paying attention to that. Absolutely. Paying attention, trusting your gut. Yes. Um, yes. yes. Be believing your body when it's trying to tell you something. Yes. And, and going back even to terminology, the most often uh, love bombing has been happening. 
Oh, yes. Giving you all the excuses you need to overlook the bad behavior. So exactly. Just, talk to me a little bit about love bombing. Yes, love bombing is a really a great uh, uh, a term. Uh, and, and what happens there is the, the, the uh, narcissist will, they'll tell you everything you want to hear to try to, to try to, you know, get you to give them another chance to, 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 you know, to stay in their lives. They'll, they'll suddenly, they'll, you know, buy you gifts and, and be on their best behavior and act like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, and try to really like hook you back and pull you back in. It, 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 they'll tell you exactly what you want to hear. Cause they, they know they're, they're, they're looking at this very manipulatively transactionally, you know, this, oh, she wants this, she wants that for me. I'm going to withhold that because I, but then they'll but then they'll give it to you when they when they think it'll pull you back when they when they think they they can get you so um dr robbie has another great term called hoovering it's like a hoover vacuum cleaner they're trying to suck you back in and they do it with all these different different tactics and, and another way is to make you feel bad about yourself you know saying yeah. oh well, you'll you'll never get anywhere without me how are you gonna how are you ever gonna support yourself you need me you, you can't you can't do anything by yourself that sort of a of a mess message, yep. whether it's overt or, or nuanced, but that's, that's kind of the, the, yeah, the chiseling thing. away yeah. at your self-confidence again. I that's mean, it's right. such a multi-faceted approach yes. to keep you in place. It's parasite. It's too, so they can feed off you and suck all of those things. Um, mm -hmm. all those awesome qualities, because mm -hmm. like you said, people go, I don't recognize myself anymore. I used to right. be X, Y, Z. I was great at this. I was outgoing at that, mm -hmm. which is why you were picked. Exactly. Which is why you were picked. And you're so, awesome. You're because you're awesome. And that's the message, right? That's the message. You're awesome. That's why they picked you. And they don't tend to, they don't go for weak people. They go for strong people. Because is that fascinating? It is fascinating. It is fascinating. Because that's one of the biggest misconceptions I find that women feel like, oh, I must be weak or, or men. Because sometimes, you know, there's definitely, you know, women narcissists sure. out there. I've worked with many men who are, who have been in narcissistically abusive relationships so it, it it happens on both sides but but yeah there's definitely that's that is absolutely yes. how how it how it feels so if you are damaging. so i want everyone listening if you are in a situation where you're just down and out and this has been so tough i want you to look at yourself in the mirror today and say i'm awesome, awesome. i am super strong <laughs> that's right i can do this and because you again you're, you were picked because of those reasons. So, so yes, you, you, you're awesome. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're awesome. And also what we see so much is it's the empathic people yeah. that the narcissist is drawn to because they don't have empathy. Right. And, and they, they, they crave the warm and fuzzies that they get from, from, from empathic, loving, kind, compassionate people. Um, I, I just, I, I love all my clients. I mean, I love working with, with people that are, they're, they're such great people that, yeah. involves, you know, they're, they're preying on yeah. all of the good qualities and they see that and it's like a target. Right. Um, Right. And, and they also um, really quick, just to say, this is, an, I think, an important piece. They also use 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 that empathy and use that guilt against they'll find that they tell you um, about their past or or, you know, their rough childhood. And 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 
of course, anyone hearing that's going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And they're going to feel bad for that person. And okay, sure. Yes, that that little child that was had a bad childhood, they deserve they deserve your your empathy. But the person before you right now might not deserve that because no. they they weaponize it. They, yes. they weaponize their their um, bad childhoods or, or their sad stories to try to elicit these feelings of, of, of compassion and love from the yeah. other person and then, and then use it to get away with stuff. Right. So they, so they, right. They play into your um, qualities of being empathetic. And then I love the saying, your bad childhood is not an excuse to treat me poorly today. Yes, ex you know? exactly. Exactly. It explains it. It explains it. It's like, oh, okay, so that's why you, you know, you you've developed these ways. And it, what's interesting though, Jackie, is 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 um, you know, there's still some. It's really important to remember though, just because someone had this bad type of childhood doesn't mean they're going to grow up to be a narcissist, right? Such a good point. Yes. Right. So so it's like, yeah, but why did you go this this direction? And there's probably reasons for that as well. Sure. But the bottom line is that um, yes, it, it's it's tragic and heartbreaking that they went through whatever they went through. And that doesn't give them license to behave the way that they are and they need consequences for that. So, yeah. you know, you can you can still have have empathy for this person and what they've been through and also call the police when they're banging on your door at two in the morning because you left them and you don't want to have anything more to do with them. Right. I, right. It's like, because hey. when you do start to get strong enough to put those boundaries in place, yeah. they are not happy. That's and right. It's, that's it's, right. There's going to be that initial battle because, yeah, they realize that that's what you're doing, which is an act of defiance, um, you know, which will be, can be triggering yeah. for them. But that is why it's so important to find a Dr. Sherry Martin to have <laughs> in your life, because whether you're in it and you're trying to understand it and get out and have your support. <laughs> Um, an understanding or afterward to heal it, it, and you have to find the right therapist, which brings me to my next question. Um, how, what questions would you ask, you know, a therapist to make sure they have the right skills to treat you if you're out there looking for someone? Yeah, that's a really great question. If anyone hearing this, if you're feeling like, wow, I connect with this, I, I feel that I am a survivor of this type of abuse, ask the therapist, are you familiar with the term narcissistic abuse? And what experience have you had helping people recover and, and, you know, see what the, the therapist has to say back about that. Um, and I would also say, if you are going through uh, a divorce and you want a, a support from a therapist going through a divorce, uh, also ask what experience have you had uh, helping people through high conflict divorces? So, and, and this is where, and I really encourage people, you know, if you're going through a divorce, please reach out and get support, get, get help somehow, whether it's a group or individual support. And if it's high conflict, they need you, Jackie Miller. They need you too, <laughs> my friend. They need you too, to, to, to help with all of these other aspects of it that really, you know, don't, get addressed in therapy. Yeah. And thank so, you for bringing that up because I yeah. do like to reiterate to people if they haven't heard before and they're still wondering, that question comes up a lot. Well, what's the difference? Am I going to you for emotional support? I, the, the, my best way to say your divorce coach consultant 
is all things divorce. So we're your secret weapon in the divorce. So we will help mm -hmm. you find a share, Dr. Sherry Martin, um, mm -hmm. you know, so you can get the therapy and then help you with everything from strategy to communication to yes. you know, helping find an attorney to help you communicate with your attorney to um, effectively communicating with your ex to the custody issues. And yes, there is an emotional support component to that because I'm there for you. Right. Um, right. That makes you feel better, which is awesome because that's my goal. But no, I'm not the therapist that's treating you know, the, the abuse in, in the, yeah. that you need. You're, you're not, you're not saying, tell me about your mother or anything. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll listen if you want to tell me, but I can't, yeah, but I'm, not a, I'm, not, I'm not a therapist. I can't, I can't. And I, and I stay in my lane. I stay. Yeah. In my, um, I know you do. Uh, yeah. So it's, but thank you so much, Sherry, for pointing that out. And then would you tell people what your website address is? Yes. Yes. So, so please, if you're interested in, in learning any more thing, more about me, if you're interested in reaching out about individual therapy. Uh, I also run at, with a partner of mine who's fantastic, Dr. Dr. Michelle Lugvinsky. We uh, partner and run uh, uh, some divorce uh, support groups. Uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, my website is, uh, is sherrymartinphd.com. And you can email me at sherry at sherrymartin.com. And just to be clear, my name is S-H-E-R-R-Y. And it's M-A-R-T-Y-N. So yes. just awesome. So you have and I'm going to say that again. Yes. Cause there's multiple ways to spell, ways to spell. And multiple ways to spell Martin. So yes. So S-H-E-R-R-Y-M-A-R-T-Y-N-P-H-D.com. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yes. So, and Sherry was saying, so she has some support groups. You might, you know, if, if they're gathering, if they're open, if they have openings, she can mm -hmm. help you and you're doing some zoom, correct? Yes. Yes. We, okay. cur yeah. Currently we have openings in our Friday group, which is Friday at 3 PM, uh, Pacific time. And uh, that's all on Zoom. And we are considering, Michelle and I were considering starting a group specifically for recovering from narcissistic abuse. We, okay. he, we see it so much in our divorce support groups. We've talked about doing a separate one. Um, we haven't launched it yet or made, uh, but, but if anyone's interested in that, I'll put you on our list. And when we sort it out, then um, we can get back to you and invite you. So, awesome. Awesome. And also yeah. Jackie at Jackie Miller coaching.com. You can also contact me and I can give you Sherry's information. Um, but, and, and if you're Sherry's in California, but if you're, yes. so if you're not in California, um, please take the advice that she gave regarding just asking therapists, if they have um, experience in treating narcissistic abuse, um, you know, what luck they've had, what therapies, the modalities they use, because I think it's really important. What are some of the dangers of, of seeing a therapist who doesn't really get it? Why is it really important to find someone in your opinion that has experience uh, in this arena? Yes, because often they, they don't recognize that the, the, when, the, when the person has been so gaslit for so long, and 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 if the if the therapist isn't really aware of this form of narcissistic abuse, they might think it it truly is the client's issue. Are you know are they in touch with reality? Are, are they? You know, they they might not. They might miss that. They they might mm -hmm. uh, you know think they're exaggerating. It's it's. It, hopefully that doesn't happen very often, right. but it can, but it can, it can. So it's, it's important to be clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you're kind of about what you're looking for. I guess there's the potential to almost be re-traumatized because you have this Absolutely. mental health professional that's doubting you. And really? 
that's are you, that's yeah how do you why do you think yeah yeah uh-huh uh-huh yeah, yeah. It, could, it could come off that way which is really going to set the person even further back sure sure so thank you so much for coming on sherrymartinphd.com reach out to sherry um you know and especially if you're in the california area um if she has any openings for support groups or for one-on-one treatment and Sherry, one thing I like to ask most of my guests when they've been on, and you sort of touched on this earlier, but what does someone who's going through this very difficult process right now have to look forward to when they get to the other side? Yes, yes. They have to look forward to freedom and being in control of your life again. Great opportunity at self-discovery and rediscovering yourself and and redefining yourself. And I really believe that that there's a, a possibility, an opportunity in any traumatic experience to grow from it and to learn from it and to use that for our growth. And that's really what I like to focus on in therapy. How can we use this for your growth and upliftment? What did you learn? How did, how did this make you a better person? How can, how can it through mm-hmm. our work together? Mm-hmm. And what did you discover about yourself? And, you know, and I always like to remind people, if you can get through this, you can do anything. <laughs> if you can, if you can get through this, and there's so many skills are utilized, uh, you know, when you're not only receiving in, uh, in a narcissistic relationship there, you know, look at how strong you are, look at what you went through, you know? And, and so, yeah. So yep. really just rediscovery. Because like we said earlier, you were, you were strong, you know, you are strong. Yes. It's just been you pushed down. Are. You're still that person. Yes. And now you're yes. XXL strength. <laughs> you're, you're, it's, That's it's right. So, yeah. That's yeah, right. You got to find it. That's and right. the mental space that opens up That's too. Right. So you're going to be able to take that strength and use it for amazing things. Oh my God. I've heard clients say like, you know, it's like the world, the weight of the world is off my shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again for that. Thank you, Dr. Sherry Martin, for being on the show. Your expertise is so valuable. And again, I just really appreciate it because your background's so unique and you truly understand individuals going through the divorce process in addition to um, trying to recover from the narcissistic abuse. So it's so valuable. Thank you. Okay. Thank you you so much, Sherry. We will talk soon. All right. Take care. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye.